Hey. What you wait for? <laughs> what you wait though? What you wait though? <laughs> Take a stab at it. <laughs> Welcome to the Breaks Radio. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of The Breaks Radio. <laughs> I am your host, CEO Hayes, and I am joined hey, by I the first lady of The Breaks. <laughs> the, lady, the woman who's been putting in some major work over at Rock the Bells, Miss Mary Almonte, is in the building. What's going on? Hey, guys. I've missed you. We've missed you, too. And I, what, this is what I want to say, Mary. Every time I post anything about you to my story, I get dumbass niggas in my DMs, and I'm like, her husband will shoot you. I mean, he won't, but, uh, but I'll shoot them. How about that? We'll sh- me and Marquis will shoot <laughs> them will. as well. He will shoot you. Yeah. But nonetheless, it's what's going on? Because of her. <laughs> <laughs> we also got the great one, Bailey the Great's in the building. You Do you ever post me and, and, and get DMs about me? No, <laughs> I don't. No, it's I don't. about equality. Bro, you literally post about your wife every, every two days. Like, I, I don't think... <laughs> I don't. I don't think they want those problems. Touche. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the red wine connoisseur, Marquise here. All right. I'm not even gonna say anything. I'm here. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> First up on the docket this week, we got uh, Rory and Mal with their podcast. They signed an exclusive deal with Sirius XM. What do you guys think about like because? You know, when their podcast first launched, there was some doubt about how good it would be, how, what they could do without Joe Budden. Even some people saying that they, it was whack. I've listened to Rory and Miles since it since it dropped, and I've liked the the the, the podcast and the episodes. But uh, Mayor, I'll come to you first. What do you think about this deal that they signed, and overall, just the growth that they've seen since they left the Joe Budden podcast? So much like you, I have yet to check out their solo project, which is bad. <laughs> I mean, there's but, a lot of podcasts. I mean, I gotta be honest, and this is like I found them to be great and entertaining, and they all gelled together well. I thought when they were with Button, but I just wasn't really compelled to be honest with you. All right. To make this fair, I haven't checked out their show, but I also stopped listening to the Button podcast after they left too. So I felt like it was like a package deal with them. Um, anyway, I do think this is dope. I do think it's setting, it's groundbreaking and kudos to them for kind of holding out. Like I read a few articles where they had some other, you know, deals in the works that probably would have been to someone without like business savvy and knowledge more enticing, but they held out for what was right for them and what felt like a fit. And obviously they're getting compensated in accordance. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like that's huge for all of us in the podcasting space. So I say salute. Definitely. Fill that one there, Marky. What do you think? I think this is great. Um, basically tells you that one monkey don't stop no show. Mm. I think, um, most people need to realize you can't put all your eggs in one basket. And if you do have a backup plan or just make sure you trust in yourself. So testament to them who's laughing now. Right. Yeah. I think, I think too, what it shows is that while, you know, of course it was called the Joe button podcast that that they were integral to what that podcast ended up being like and how it grew. And I also think that they've grown as hosts um, being out on their own and not having to rely on the stardom that was Joe Budden. Um, but Baylor, I know you, you're, you've been a podcasting veteran like me for the, in this in a while, man. What do you, what do you make of this deal? What do you think about it? Who are you calling a monkey? Um, I think, <laughs> I think uh, it's a dope deal for them. I I listened to uh, the first episode that came out when they uh when they first split up. Uh, kind of like kind of like Mary. I'm not gonna lie. I did uh, tune in to a few uh 
Joe Budden podcast episodes, but it's still it's still not the same. You know what I mean? I don't think it fell off. It's just it's like watching Phoenix and like Utah play against each other. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, they got they got some solid players. They got some solid players, but it don't seem like it's going nowhere. But I hope I hope um, I hope they do prevail though. Like they 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 out there do. Doesn't uh, Rory manage uh, emotional oranges? I don't oh, know. Okay, well it's a solid group, by the way. But um, I, I guess you know it's dope. It's it's good to see them bounce back off of that. I would like to see more videos. What do, overall? But, this, maybe let me ask this question. What do you guys think of the 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 podcasting landscape is going to look like in the next, let's say, three to five years with all these exclusive deals? Do you think it's going to start becoming because when Joe when the Joe Budden podcast first signed to Spotify, there was a lot of speculation that, you know, Apple was going to try to sign some exclusive Spotify, other ones. Apple really still hasn't done anything like that. Spotify has the Joe Rogan deal. But do you think we see that become more and more common in the next couple of years? Or is it always going to be this thing where it's it's very few podcasts that sign deals like this? You know where I think it's gonna go, and maybe maybe I'm just tripping, or or maybe it's something that I want to see. I think a lot of record labels are gonna start signing podcasters, mm. like artists. Mm. That would be dope. That would be dope. That would be dope. I mean, a lot of these networks have sprouted up, but I mean, I feel like they've launched and then kind of fizzled out or something. Like Charlemagne started that network, right? Yeah, with iHeart. Yeah. Right, and. I mean, in the beginning, initially he signed some other, you know, shows, but then I haven't heard anything new. Even Buttons Network, when it first launched, it kind of seemed like it was coming out fast and furious. And then I haven't heard anything since. I know Kenya Barris is supposed to have something, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'm definitely tapping into that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think, I think think they're going to start getting signed like rap artists now. I don't, I think most people who have a voice like that don't really need a platform. Um, or a, a major network to do anything. And they can create their own, you yeah. know? Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, like, just like we see with, with art, artists, like, music artists, is that being independent is kind of the thing. I wonder if, like, what that, like, yeah, it, you get more money when you sign like that, at least initially up front, but then, like we saw with the Budden and Spotify deal, that eventually deteriorates because you have more, when you can diversify, you can you can get more money when you're kind of out on your own. You know, I we'll see. We'll see the way it goes. It can go a lot of different ways. So that, I mean, the All good right, thing is that it's more money being spent in podcasting overall, which is good for the game. You can mm-hmm. fuck around and play around if you want to. If Def Jam call my phone tomorrow, <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm, I'm not to... turning down shit. Let Def Jam call and be like, we want, we want to fuck with the Burks Radio. Listen, but if you have, if you have an audience already, then you'll have a team to make sure your shit runs. Yeah. That's different. You know what I mean? Yeah, but unlike unlike the hip hop game. Uh, there's not too many major names like compared to hip hop or R and B artists that that got like a cult like following. Like there's a lot of unsigned unsigned hype out here in these streets when it comes to the podcast game. And mm-hmm. so if they went that way, it'd be dope to say, um, nah, that's the wrong record label to pick. But let's just say Bad mm-hmm. Boys. Damn, what's in the? That's not a good right, one but. either. <laughs> the problem the problem with that is you don't. You don't own control of the content and also the advertisers. Are we going in there straight like Wu-Tang? Mm. Sounds right. But if you don't have an audience already, they're basically saying, here's my distribution. I have, we have to have total control of the advertisement, what goes into what the sponsors are and everything. And just like the deal that, you know, Prince Rakim signed, you got to dance, monkey, dance until you become ruler zigzag, zigzag, zigzag. That's a second monkey joke. Just let you know. 
I can do that. One more, bro. One more. You're gonna be a monkey, be a podcast. Uh, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Drake's take care. Four hundred and fifty weeks on the Billboard Top uh, Two Hundred. Uh, it becomes the third hip hop album to do so. Uh, coming behind Eminem's Curtain Call and Good Kid, Mad City. I know we we're very hard on Drake, rightfully so. More so his fandom than I think Drake himself on this podcast. But you know, oh, no, no, go no. Ahead. No, no. But I mean, the, the thing is, as the pop artist that he is, this makes sense. Good job. If, yeah, I mean, you yeah. know, four years of slavery too, motherfucker. I'm sorry. Half of half, <laughs> I want to congratulate the black side, but the other side, no, I'm fucking with you. Go ahead. I cannot. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm joking. Go ahead, Mary. No, I was going to say, I just feel like there's not much to say about that. Like, it's not surprising. I think it's debatable that if it's deserved, <laughs> but, I you mean, know. He tapped into the right Drake audience. Drake is Drake. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you say? Hmm? Did you, did you say you he's Drake? Drake is Drake. Yeah. Drake is Drake. <laughs> into a verb. Wow. Okay. Like <laughs> Drake be Drake. Thank you, All right. Let's talk about what everybody wants us to talk about. What I fucking want to talk about. This versus Big Daddy Kane, KRS-One. I know it's easy to say the culture won when it's stuff like this. I, mm-hmm. I know I know we, we use a lot of these t- phrases, but this was the epitome of hip hop and MCing. If I ever saw it my in my life, the fact that Big Daddy Kane was out there freestyling and rapped on a fucking trap beat for a minute was fucking amazing and bananas. Everything about this from start to finish just made me feel like we should have we should have been standing with like b-boys with cardboard boxes dancing while this shit was going on this shit was fucking amazing who wants to take this one away first i'm gonna laugh okay i was just happy roxanne was there oh listen shout out to giving motherfucking roxanne shantae her goddamn flowers like she deserves on this on that motherfucker uh but go ahead mary i gotta lead it off you got you were there you gotta lead it off yes um so i will say seeing a versus in person is very different than seeing it from from the other side of your phone or a screen. Um, but this one in particular, I feel like no matter where you were at, was special, honestly. And it truly was a celebration of hip hop. And I don't know, like I know you kind of just said before in leading up to this, like, you know, the culture one, hip hop one, blah, blah, blah. But it really did feel that way. Um, and for people who don't really know, especially I feel like people who kind of came into hip hop fandom more recently, hip hop originated with like four pillars. Right. And it was obviously emceeing. Right. Or rapping what people mm-hmm. call. Then there's DJing. Right. Mm-hmm. Then there's breaking mm-hmm. or dancing, whatever. Right. And there's graffiti, yep. which that was the only missing ele- element, honestly. Um, and I mean, it truly was a celebration of three of the four core elements that hip hop was founded on. I mean, so many moments. Uh, I will tell you that one of the most electric moments had to have been when KRS dropped Rapture. Mm. I mean, the, the, it was electric in there when that happened. And like, for me, I remember being in eighth grade in the schoolyard, literally singing that shit. (laughs) While the boys were pretending to be KRS-One and, you know, like it really did kind of bring me back to a nostalgic place. But, yeah, um, I feel like it just the energy was palpable. I mean, there were moments that kind of seemed tense for real <laughs> um, in terms of the attendance there. It, the, the Bronx was definitely in the building heavy. 
So you kind of really did feel like it was Boogie Down versus the Juice Crew again, even in the stands, like. Um, but yeah, it really was dope to really be present for that celebration. And like, normally we all text each other and that's really the interaction that I have for it. But like to actually be in the building with people, you know, reciting all the verses word for word and like, you know, even with like the pyrotechnics, like it was crazy. It was crazy. So honestly, this one was my favorite one yet. And I don't think it was because I was there. <laughs> so I'll leave it at that. That's fair. That's fair. Baylor, you got anything to expound on? Because once Marquis starts going, it's good. he's going to go. I know. I'm actually going to pass it to Marquis. Because once again, it, it was in y'all backyard again. Mm-hmm. I think it's been I like will the say, that's the point. They need to do a, a a West Coast versus live at this point. Because this has been very New York. <laughs> I mean, I am at, but I could see... The only, the only West Coast like, what about us? versus live was that E40 and Too Short? Yeah, because we split with the dogs. Um, Were they letting people in dogs. at that point, though? I don't think so. Oh, you got a point there. You, you're right. I don't... I know they had an expensive I feel like the only ticketed events were in New York, but okay. I could be wrong. But that's what, if my memory serves. I mean, should they go to the South? For all I care, I just want to see something different. Right. I feel you. Ludinelli. Although this one is different. But no, that wasn't live. Like, that wasn't mm-hmm. where people come Wait, wait. wait. What about, Jeezy. What about uh, Jeezy, and- Jeezy and Gucci was live, though? Jeezy. Yeah, Gucci. Yeah. 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 The end of that one got weird. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it looked like it was a shooting. But one, I feel like this one was different from what we've seen because, honestly, this was the first one that really had two classic hip-hop artists. You know what I'm saying? Like, all the others were, like, from the 90s and beyond. This was, like, that classic era. So, yeah. go ahead, Murky. No, well, I got a question. Who do y'all think won? Big Daddy K. What do you think? I, I feel like it's close, bro. Like, I can't, like, we'd have to go track for track to really rate it, but I feel like whoever won, it's by one. <laughs> like, honestly, it was close. Okay. I think what I will say is this. Also, what was dope was the guests that they brought out. Like you said, Roxanne came. Shout out Rock the Bells family right there. I mean, Big Daddy Kane is one of our Rock the Bells icon. DJ Scratch is one of our Rock the Bells DJs. That was a whole Rock the Bells production, but we're not even going to go down that road. But um, so I'm obviously I'm trying to not be biased, (laughs) but basically I feel like, you know, I was super hyped when Nice and Smooth came out and Das Effects and Mad Lion. So like KRS definitely had some dope features also, like some surprising ones at that. So it's kind of, I don't know, like, I feel like it's tight. It's close. And even the break dancers were like legendary, <laughs> like the rock steady crew. Like, come on. So, yeah. Go ahead, Marky. We're waiting. Stop, right. Don't don't All ask right. no more questions. Give it to us. I just want to know. Um, <clears throat> yeah, hands down, this is the, the greatest one to me. Um, this is exactly what hip hop was and needed. Um, that comment you referenced. When Big Daddy Kane said, you lucky I didn't step into that shan, that shan beef, well, you're, you're beef with shan. The problem with that is Kane can't take KRS. And here's why. Kane is more flow and delivery. KRS is more lyrics. Now, Kane is a showman. Kane basically spit his own shit, didn't rely on the crowd. He's a little younger, but he didn't have to rely on everybody else to be his hype man for him. KRS did a lot of patois. I know a lot of people who... Um, Follow hip hop, especially the new era, probably wouldn't understand it. I and mean, even though Jake, um, Drake tries a jacket, um, it was 
it was it was witty. One thing I did admire about Kane was that he did apply new hip hop or some of the the beats to his um his set list. But the one thing KRS pointed out, you don't have the hits, you don't have as many bangers as I do, and that's why he had to do that and also bring out some of the guest appearances that weren't his songs. He kind of had to rely on that, which you know, no doubt, the freestyle thing. And he told you, I don't, I'm not spitting rapid fire. That's not my thing. I'm not going to do that again. That's your flow shit. But his freestyle, the one where he basically just shut shit down, that was it. That's the definition of an MC. Again, he told you, I threw PM Dawn off the fucking stage. Like, I did that shit. But the freestyle I'm dropping right now, talking about Obama, talking about Trump, everything right in front of you, that's real hip-hop. At 56 years old, the originator of gangster rap with Criminal Minded, the educator, like, the MC. When he dropped the MC, fucking magnificent. Um, KRS won this shit for me. I'm sorry. Kane is a dude. Kane is nice. The KRS is an overall MC. And I'm not saying by one. I'm saying by many. Hmm. Okay. All right. This was one of the first verses that, honestly, I wasn't even on social media. Like, I don't know what the social media response was because I was so engulfed in just the experience. Like, I don't even think I responded to our group uh, chat for for a little bit there because i was i didn't even think to pick oh, up no. my phone and tweet anything about it i didn't i was just enjoying it so uh amazing experience probably the best one yet we we have to do our uh tor- towards the end of the year we'll have to rank the verses versus versuses versus whatever yeah. for from the year um because yeah i'll, I'll be this is king disease for me i'm telling you right now okay this king's disease too for me right now <laughs> ain't nothing gonna be better than this i'm sorry <laughs> and look, 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 look. Granted, generations are different. Um, the appreciation for, and, I, and a lot of probably, people probably didn't go check out, you know, the catalog of Big Daddy Kane. And the one, oh my God, Young, Gifted, and Black. Uh, even KRS pointed out, like, that's my favorite song. That is my favorite song that Kane ever did, Young, Young Gifted, and Black. That is, that, the moment that shit comes on and the shit he's spitting, that's his best song. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't look away. This is one of the first ones. I didn't take a break, I brought my shit with me. I was watching that shit. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, we got some new music to review, or new-ish music. Um, we got an album and then a track. So first up, Meek Mill, Expensive Paint. Who wants to take so the What are we talking about next? It was expensive to listen to because it was painful. Oh, my God. This before I went to Chicago <laughs> and I listened to it, that he said on, on, um, on um, the shop, his thing is, you know, he, he didn't have the motivation to write as much because he had writer's block, but he was watching the young cats you know, do the punch rap, spitting and spitting. That's what it sounded like he was doing because the shit was whack. Listen. It sounds like he's now a follower and not a leader anymore. He was never. It's Meek fucking Mill. Listen, Meek Mill. What, what do we say? He has two good albums, maybe. Right? What are we giving him? Album now? Yeah, two albums. Two albums. Yeah, I, th- I think he has two yeah. albums. This I was so trying to avoid reviewing this album that Marquis, when you texted in the group and was like, "Have we reviewed Meek Mill yet?" I was like, "Fuck, man!" I was hoping nobody was gonna ask about this shit because I listened to this shit. And you know, I tell you guys all the time. I, I like to listen to albums two times all the way through before we do a review, um, just out of the respect to to the music itself. I didn't listen to this one the second time through because after the first time, I was like, "Fuck it, I don't give a fuck." There's nothing in this. I didn't. I didn't take any tracks away from this album, and I, that is even a low ball on a Meek Mill album. There's usually two tracks that I could take and at least put them on, on my damn jogging playlist from a Meek Mill album. This shit, fuck this album. Damn. Okay. Would well, you want me to say something nice? 
No. Okay. I know you yeah. ain't got nothing to say. Not. Well, I didn't listen to it. And Good. so now I really won't. Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't. Don't. Honestly. The, 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 like, you know, usually I'll say, well, you know, try to listen to it. Uh, maybe you'll feel differently. Mary, I feel safe. We've been doing this podcast together now. What, you, you've been two years? That it's been me. It was me, you, and Baylor before Marky came on. Maybe more. I feel comfortable in saying that you will listen to this album, and you would be mad at me for putting it on the list, and you having to listen to this album. Okay. So don't listen to it. And Baylor's camera just said, "Fuck it, he's tired of the shit too." No, is it no? No. All right, moving on. We got one track. Mac Miller. Yeah. You said one track. This I listened to the whole album. You did. I didn't know if everybody would have have time. You guys listen to the whole album? Did everybody listen to the whole album? I didn't. That shit is that shit is good. Listen. That shit is good. Like, like, yo, Nas, you got somebody right there with you, brother. I'm on your no, side. You but shit. All right, go listen to it then. Did you, oh, I heard it. That shit good. Go, go ahead, Marky. Go ahead. I'll let you take it. Go ahead. This shit was phenomenal. I don't Okay, so the album was done in 2014. Mm-hmm. Motherfuckers didn't know he was in that much pain. Yeah, this crazy. album never came out. Like, yo, is your soul. The shit he's saying in this album, it's fucking eerie. Yeah, you can hear his pain. There's a lot of death in there. God died right after that album. I hate to say it, this might be his best album. Shit is amazing. Um, What did he say? My grandmother probably slapped me for the drugs I got. A crackhead, but I bought her diamonds. We we love rocks. We both love rocks. Like, yo, the motherfucker was in pain. That album was amazing. The only reason I say it's not King's Disease, it's not a full hip-hop album. This is more of an, a fusion alternative. He experimented with this album, but it's fucking phenomenal. It is probably one of the best albums I've heard in a while. Seriously. He said he did it, he said he did it all without a Drake feature. He, yep, he did. <laughs> Yeah, he did. He got, he got a track with Rick Ross. That shit, <laughs> man. And he rapped like Rick Ross on it too. That shit. The hard. whole. I'm like, when did? Where's this Mac Miller? Like, how, what happened to this one? Did someone say you can't release this album because niggas might follow you? And this is why Logic came up with one eight hundred suicide or whatever. Like, you, you can't release this album. Ben Staples, that shit bang. Yeah, he don't miss on the features at all. No schoolboy was on it. Earl Sweatshirt, that shit, man. I know I'm probably one of the most critical when it comes to music. I, I'll admit that. I'll be the first one. But first listen, second listen, third listen. I was fucking amazed. Seriously. Uh, Mac Miller. And I, and I went to that one track. I went to the one track, but I was like, no, I want to hear more. Exactly. Then, I just, then I went to certain features. I'm like, yo, this nigga is not missing. <laughs> He's not missing at, at all. all. To me, it's not- probably his best album. I'm sorry. I, I couldn't turn I couldn't stop listening. And I skim through because it's it, it's pretty it's a it's 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 go you're gonna be on there for a while. Oh, this is a perfect if, it's a perfect if album. If Kurt Cobain was rapping, this is the album he would release. That's Great fucking comparison, Marky. Mac Miller, second second greatest right rapper of all time. Might be I don't want to do that. I don't do that. One. I don't do that. Oh, I would never call oh, Eminem. Baylor, Marky, you didn't hear that, did you? He said Mac Miller may be number one. Rapper, MC. Mm. Are we making that <laughs> distinction? I'm sorry. I... <laughs> hey, look, right, right, if, if you want to do that, he he number one in one of them. <laughs> Here's what I'll say. If, if Eminem would have stopped after his third album, he would have been the greatest. Oh, I thought I was talking about Vanilla Ice. My bad. I cannot. I forgot about it. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god. My uh Marshall. Yeah, I'm sorry. I no, I can't say greatest second greatest. I, I would never put Eminem and say he's just a white rapper. Like the dude is in the top ten of all time, so I can never just dismiss him and say top rapper. Mac Miller's a second. I don't even want to do that. And Mac Miller's cool as fuck. Like I don't even want to separate him or put him in that category of like MJ, MGK, and Jid. Get, oh yeah. come on now! MGK isn't holding I mean, that's, the fucking that's candle a white rapper to, me. to Mac Miller. Come on now. You know what I mean? Gerald G G Knight, whatever this name is, those are white rappers to me. Mac Miller is just cool as fuck. I would never just say, "Oh, he's a white." Mac rapper. Miller. Mac Miller is with us. Yeah, like he, he's walking to the barbecue. Him and Schoolboy Q were like this. Man, listen, yeah. listen. The fact that Schoolboy Q didn't want to change his album because it was the the version that Mac Miller heard before he passed away, like their relationship was fucking amazing. I'm mad that we didn't have more yeah. music from them two together, to be quite honest. But uh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Marky. I, I didn't think there's like you wouldn't imagine, you wouldn't think their styles would mesh so well. You know what I mean? But they do. That's what I appreciate about them. Yeah. Mac Miller is Mac Miller is not appreciated for the artist that he is. He's more looked at as a white rapper, and unfortunately, he's much more a, of a well-rounded artist. And do you think that is else. because not only did we get to basically see Mac Miller grow, like we saw Mac Miller grow up, right? But on top of that, he, whereas, and I don't, I'm not making the comparison to the type of artist they are, whereas like, but just to say this, whereas we know Eminem is a student of hip hop, Mac Miller just seemed like an artist who loved hip hop, but he wasn't a, like a student of it in the same way that M, M was. So I think that that's the distinction between there, but Mac Miller fucking is, is an amazing artist. If you, if, if you were to label him a rapper, MC, I, I don't give a damn about labels at, at this point when it comes to Mac. Mac is fucking amazing, amazing. So, what are your thoughts on the album? Amazing. Okay. I, I th- this is what this is what I think. I think if I don't, I I would have to sit back and listen if I'm going to say it's his best album or whatnot. But I think you know what That's every wrong. album, every right. artist has has a definitive album that you can say this is them. That's what this is. Now I don't know if it's his yeah. best album, but if you were, if somebody was to say, "Hey, give me one Mac Miller album to listen to," so I can, I, I don't, I have never really heard his music. This would be the album in my hand. I wouldn't. Okay, I'll, and I'll bring that back. This is my favorite Mac Miller album. Okay. I would never recommend this album to listen the, to because this isn't. This is who he is. If you want to know who he is as a person, okay, that's him. That's his soul. The rest of it, you have to probably probably put put together a compilation. But this, I don't know. This was much more personal than a hip hop album to me. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, we got next up, Black People Like Rock 2, presented by the Red Wine Connoisseur himself. What you got for us this week? Oh, shit. Word. Y'all giving it to me. Hey, Ray. No. <laughs> so, speaking on that, if there was a rap, what rapper do you think would make a great rock, make a great rock star? No way. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I See, and I thought of him, too, because I think I'm not, I'm not joking at all. Yeah. I'm not joking at all. Like, I think he would have been if he, he had the though. musical he inclination it. to be a rock star, I think. So if we're saying if they had the same talent they had in rap and rock star, I, I'm sorry. I, I got to just say this from the way that he was able to move crowds, and this isn't because Mary's affiliated, but LL motherfucking Cool J. Okay. Yeah. And the As way he uses his voice, yeah. I could, or at least back in like the day, it definitely had like rock undertones for sure. Um, you know, one of my faves who was taken from us too soon, honestly, and he was problematic. So I'm sure I'm going to be roasted for even saying bringing him up. XXX Tentacion. Mm. Yeah. 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 We, we can stay in that same little 
the back of that alphabet. I'll put X over there too. Yeah, on there too. Mm-hmm. That's a good that. one. Mm-hmm. So there actually is a dude. Marquis knows that I'm I'm a fan of him. He kind of flips it between rapping and rock. And I really like his voice and his whole steez. His name's 24K Golden. He's actually from the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually feel like he should be on like our who someone to watch list, to be honest with you. Because he kind of flips it between both genres. So bust the fucking rhymes. That's what I was right about to say. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't really like he's so hip hop though. Like but- the Osborne track, yo, the dude, the dude flips guitars. Nah, Ooh, I can see that shit. I got a group. I got a group. I would say Onyx. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. I can see that. Yeah. Ice Cube did it. Oh, yeah, he did. Ice Cube did it with Corn. He did, he's not the epitome of Rockstar, but you know what I mean? Like, he still had that bravado a little bit. Nas actually did a song with Corn, which was interesting. I could see Lil Baby going that realm as well. Oh, shit. Doja Cat. Yeah. Doja Cat, definitely. But I think I- she just falls into that pop category right now, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't think she's getting the credit she deserves for flipping, like, between genres. What about about Erica Badu? I could actually see that. I could see it. I mean, remember her performance with Jill Scott in um, Dave Chappelle's Block Party? Like, the the You Got Me, whatever rendition they did there was definitely (laughs) rock-inspired. I could actually see Kanye doing it. ODB? Oh, ODB is the epitome of a rock star. Yeah, he really is. That's exactly what a rock star was. He's the definition of a rock star. Yeah, he is, yeah. So, that's my list. That's it? Any hangovers? That was pretty exhaustive, (laughs) don't you think? (laughs) (laughs) Who would be the worst if he? Jay-Z. You said the I worst? swear, I was thinking Jay Z too. I was like, he, he'd be the worst. Listen, I appreciated what he did with Linkin Park, but it was like you just rapped yeah. <laughs> and just took your verses and put them over a Linkin Park beat. That wasn't exactly Jay's laid back style. Would just like if he tried to bring that to rock music, I think people would just fall asleep. Yes. You oh, you know who would have been the perfect rock star. Mm-hmm. Pac. Yeah. Tell me you couldn't see Pac doing it. Yeah. 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 Definitely. He would have burnt out, though. I think Pac would have been, if, as a rock star, Pac would have had two albums before he just fucking coked out. I was going to say Kurt Cobain. <laughs> Whether you believe he was taken out or not. <laughs> oh, man. We're going to go ahead and move God, right along yeah, to our TV film let's section. Right along. We're not touching that with a 10 foot pole. Wu Tang and American Saga. Oh, yeah. Young Thug. Um, <laughs> yo, every every <laughs> listen for anyone that has nobody's asked, but if anyone thinks why, unless the other three on this panel requested a Young Thug album will never be reviewed. If you because I I no I'm not doing I am not doing that shit. I listen to one Young Thug album all the way through, and I almost quit hip hop as a whole. I'm not doing it to myself. So I'm hearing this last album is good. I don't give a fuck. It would have <laughs> it would have it. to take Tupac, Biggie, Martin Luther King, and Jesus to come send me a message to tell me Young Thug has white, has a great album. White Jesus to Black Jesus. Oh, only Black Jesus. We don't acknowledge White Jesus. Okay. So Black Jesus would come to you and okay, okay, yeah. that's a hell of a list, <laughs> hell of a band too. 
I don't know why all you niggas. I would have to be in this studio at, at one o'clock in the morning and they would have to appear right in front of me like, nigga, listen to the Young Thug album. And then I would listen to it. If Martin Luther King say, nigga, listen to the Young Thug album, you want some shit. You, you smoke something heavy. Right? So there you go. If I, if I ever messaged you guys like, hey, we're reviewing Young Thug, automatically send me to AA. Like, send me, to, get me committed, because I'm on some types of drugs that haven't even been invented yet. <laughs> it's, it's from Asia. Don't worry about it. But I'm not, I'm not going to be that mean to y'all. I'm just going to respond, and it's not going to make any sense. So if you add, if you email me or, D, or if you DM me and say, hey, can you review a uh, Young Thug album? I'm going to say, who made the potato salad? <laughs> And you fall, who this? Yeah. Jesus, man. All right, moving on. TV film, Wu-Tang and American Saga. Who wants to take this one away first? Mary, did you say you weren't caught up? Or is it BMF you didn't get a chance to watch? Um, I'm caught up through last Wednesday, not today. Yeah, I have always watch the new episode after we record. That's my after, tradition. Which so, I like, would like to do. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, have we even talked about any of the last two? Because I haven't been here. We touched on them briefly, but not, we didn't go in detail because we don't like talking about it without you. Okay. And I appreciate that because y'all know, no, I'm kidding. But the last two episodes have really been, I think what people have been waiting for, to be honest with you, Mm -hmm. between the making of Protect Your Neck, which was masterful, like just showing how the beats like sort of came together in his head, right? Riz's head. Um, and then, you know, the actual, like, I feel like anybody who really is looking to get into the music business really should watch this season because just showing how they got, you know, the record played on the radio and the grueling process that that was and how it wasn't like this overnight success and everyone really had to put in work to like them not ever (laughs) having really performed before and, you know, making that work and kind of having it really not being sure of it until it all came together on stage. It's just really been I nothing short of a masterpiece, honestly. Like, and it's like, it's moving artfully slow, but you know, it needs to, so we can like capture all of the details that RZA is dropping for us. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I really don't even, like, I can't even express how much I'm enjoying this. I'm so sad there's like only two episodes left in this season. Um, I don't want it to end, honestly. And there's, you know, for real Wu fans, you know that, like, this is just the tip of the iceberg and the beginning of the story, and there's such a journey that I really hope they get renewed for more seasons to explore. Yeah. I mean, from, like, Triumph to kind of when the, ba- like, all of their individual albums, then when they started kind of not feeling each other, also, I, they you know. have to okay. make it through that, like, like the rise, the success, and then not really the fall, but then, like, like you said, when they started, it started the comeback, to be tension. Yeah, right? the comeback. I mean, the tragedy with ODB. They're going to have to touch on that. The, That's going to be awful to watch. But the, the And then even one thing people don't talk about, not, and I'm going to let you finish, but WooWare. WooWare was a phenomenon. Was, yeah, and huge. Tell, huge. Yes. And, like, they used to have an actual brick-and-mortar store, like, right around the corner from my high school, and they literally would be posted up outside of it. Like, that's just another thing, like... Being from Staten Island, and I try not to harp on this because I'm the only person from there, like, on this panel and probably that listens to us. But it really does mean something else for us because we were like the forgotten borough that, like, got no respect, no props. Nobody even knew who we were outside of New York City. And literally they came and just 
put us on the map, but then stayed here. Like literally they may, I mean, even the show is a testament. They're shooting it here. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I just appreciate it so much. And I really hope everyone else does too. Honestly. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even, Oh, I was going to just say the fact that we're two seasons in and we're still at the beginning of the Wu Tang story. Like I, I, I hope that they don't keep doing this thing where they renew them year after year. Like, I want to see them just give them, look, we're renewing you for three seasons. Like, this, mm-hmm. this, because it, it's so much story to be told, and they're telling it so well. And I'm very hard on, like, TV shows and long-form storytelling. Like, I, I, I understand that about myself. I'm hard when it, when it, on shows that are like that. But they're doing this amazingly. And, like, yeah. you, would, you would think, like, if, but somebody who, like, knows the story, you would think that they're telling it slow, but the way that they're telling it, you don't feel that at all. It doesn't feel like they're dragging their feet at all. It feels like they're giving you a lot of content and detail and fleshing so much out to the music that's so iconic. It's it's beautiful. Yeah, can't agree more. All right, Bailey? Gets my pussy wet is what Lala said in the, in the show. I know, I cringed with that one. I ain't gonna lie. I was like, Lala. <laughs> I, like the, I like the metaphor of RZA talking to three different, you know, RZA's. Mm-hmm. That's dope. Uh, and yeah, like, I mean, but like Mary said, even though it's a slow burn, it's like, I love the details in it. You know what I mean? And this is one of those shows that's kind of persuading people that don't know much about them or don't know anything about them at all. Go back to that catalog mm-hmm. so they can get their pussy wet. She said that. <laughs> Marky. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna separate something real quick. <clears throat> I would love to know the demographics, how they skew. It would be really interesting. That'd be telling. Number one, if it's an, a person who doesn't know Wu Tang, they're not gonna follow this. They're not gonna appreciate it. Unfortunately, if you don't know the story, you don't appreciate hip hop. They're not gonna follow this. There's so many things in this. It almost looks like it's fabricated. Like it's not real. The only reason we know it's real because we're part of it. We were there. Like the I don't I don't think people would see this but the Rizzo built Rizzo has built something that number one most black people wouldn't even think of like it's something bigger than just the money in front of us like we're hungry nigga like it's survival hungry we we need to eat I need to sell drugs you're like look I need you to commit to me for five years number one no black man is going to commit to another black man for five years and sign some shit just out of the, out of out of blue out of strength or whatever or whatever I gotta sell I gotta eat whatever like this. And two, the fact that he come up with these deals, he has something for Wu, but he wants each individual to eat by themselves to have their own deal. Back then, niggas didn't think that way. Like, look at your boy Birdman. How how am I going to eat and make money off of you? So it seems unrealistic. And the shit, the way it's playing out is masterful, like you said, between the, the, the music that's built in, the soundtrack, and the way they like these little instruments that they play of each beat. It's like foreshadow. Fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. Touching on something you just said, man. The Wu wear. I'll never forget this whole battle with um, 50 G unit and Wu. And just to say, yo, <laughs> that's cute. How many people had 50, like, we had niggas tattooing Wu on their face. Like, you, no one's had that. Like, niggas was wearing Wu wear throughout the world. Different countries. Nobody heard of you. So that's, that's addressing that. And like you said, the whole fever episode, how they made that shit happen, that's some real hustle shit. And this is why, like, Baylor, I would love to see Master P story, because I guarantee you it's something similar, but down there, how he built that empire. Because Staten Island was a forgotten borough. You performed at the Fever, it was hard to get there. The fact that this group that no one knew, they just knew this one song, and how they got this one song airplay was masterful. How they got into the Fever back then? Seriously? I don't know. It was amazing. They called in all favors, but 
The stars aligned for these niggas. Like, it aligned for them, for them to get to the fever, for them to get the audience, for them to get the following, to drop a song with nine niggas on it and no chorus. Unheard of. And I got to give a shout out to Meth. Yo, this Meth. No, niggas getting the song. Y'all part of this song, too. You get what I'm saying? Y'all remember that? Like, yeah, he was the, yeah. the background when he performed yeah. Meth. And he was like, no, this is our shit. Mm-hmm. I love that. That Rizzo created this whole empire from niggas who didn't even like each other, who wanted to kill each other, to get these niggas together to where they actually felt like they were family, like we have something bigger. That was magnificent. And to me, if I want my kid, I'm letting my kids watch this shit because you need to see this is what culture is. This is what one black man, regardless if he's black or not, not like thought of. He's not playing chess. Check. He's playing. He's not playing checkers. He's playing chess. He got screwed by the game. Literally. I'm not going to dance for niggas. Huh? I said literally playing chess, but yeah. He's playing chess. He's like, I'm not going to dance. I'm actually going to do this shit. Yeah. Hey, he did it. Hey, hey, so that just sparked an idea. <clears throat> uh, maybe we could uh, bring up one episode. Uh, just bring up some traits of a perfect artist. Um, mm. But I will say, I will say this. I mean, a lot of a lot of people bring up the business savvy of a Diddy and a Jay Z. They bring up the the charisma of a Pac, but the confidence. And I'm not I'm not joking at all. I swear to God, I'm not joking. This I'm being real with you. The confidence level of ODB. Mm-hmm. He is very important. Like not just to that group, but to life. Yeah, because I, I would just bro. I spend money just. I want to know how he thinks because he just does it. And like people look at him like he's not not doing the most, but like they afraid to do what he did. You know what I mean? So mm, that one hurt. Yeah, I I fact, take take all those ghosts that I mentioned before. If ODB's ghost came and told me to listen to a Young Thug album, I would listen. <laughs> That's basically Jesus. That, that is well, Jesus. King. Yeah. You know, in one person. <laughs> He's like, man, son, you tripping, son. Go listen to that, son. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker said, you white people will never take could over. You, you will wait, never wait, take could, over. Okay, here's, here's the question. Would ODB, how quick would, would cancel culture try to cancel ODB if he had Twitter? No, now. Now. He would be, something's wrong with him. He would be one of the best, he would be one of the best personalities on Twitter because he does not care. He doesn't give a fuck. Right. Right. He would have fuck. every organization after him. Because <laughs> exactly. I, 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 be, I believe he, he lives in his own reality. But I think he, like... But that's man. sometimes the best place to be, honestly. So. I promise you, he wanted to sing the Star Spangled Banner somewhere at a ball a stadium or something. I could see that, him trying. I, I can see it. After singing somewhere over the rainbow, like this motherfucker did whatever he wanted to do. And he put a shotgun, he reversed it. He was a one man army. Like, how many people can do shit like that? But I mean, like, you bring up, you bring up Method Man, you bring up RZA, of course, everybody else, but man, I don't know, man. ODB was, he was probably the engine to me. I'm not going to say that. Uh, to be honest spark. with you, I really, spark of the lighter. I really do feel like. It is like RZA had said a few episodes back where everyone is an instrument. Everyone really was their own part of the symphony, truly. Because when you really think about it, each of them had their own unique qualities, sounds, flows. Like it really, I do think that it really took each one to make that group really what it was, honestly. But yes, I do get what you're saying about ODB. I think he definitely was the source of confidence. He was the hype man. You know what I mean? Like, but he also, but he also took the, the risk, though. And I'm the, well, no, I don't he was know way more talented than Flavor Flav. I'm a, yeah, no, no, I'm saying he's the hype man. Like that. 
No, no, no. Uh, well, he what put the battery in everybody's back. Like, that's I feel like that's he what was I'm the saying. Sasha Fierce. I mean, I'm a Beyonce okay. fan, so, like, he was the embodiment of the Sasha Fierce. Like, okay. let's just get I'm, out I'm there. Just and going, I'm just do. going based off of, I'm just going based off of what they're showing us. I don't know him personally. I wasn't there. I wasn't there in the huddle. He made certain moves that propelled them to a certain, like, a lane, like, for real, though, because you got to yeah. think that when they tell everybody individual story, everybody was struggling. Yeah. He you was young. Read the Tao of Wu. Seriously, like, because that really is, that's the story that RZA wrote of how this all came together and even things that they went through once they made it. And I feel like this show is following that book pretty closely. So seriously, check that out. All right. Let's, and I'm not being to, to say this. So. <laughs> let's, let's move on. Because uh, we'll, we'll, talking about Wu-Tang will get us in the rabbit hole because it's so much there. But, like, the show is amazing. Um, BMF. <sighs> Go ahead, Baylor. You haven't gone first much today. I want, I want you to take this one first. I mean, look, man. <laughs> that shit still, it, it doesn't feel like it's moving. Well, look, I didn't realize um, how, how long their history was. Okay, before I looked it up, so I guess I, I guess I can take back the fact that uh, maybe it's not moving too fast, but it just feels like it doesn't, and I and it's it's not fair to compare it to Power, even though you know one of the hands that's a part of this show is also a part of Power, but it's like it it just it seems like it lacks a little bit of character development for me. That's mm-hmm. about it. I don't I don't it, it it is there cheesy acting in it? It is. Oh my God, it is. But I don't judge it. I don't judge it by that because I'm more so paying attention to the story. And, and plus, I love the genre in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but unlike the Wu series, uh, it feels like there's a lot of shit added on that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I mean, shout out, shout out to our listeners uh, from Detroit. But I need, I'm, I'm gonna need some more. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> A lot of the a lot of the Wook hats is, is still here, and they they haven't they haven't said anything yet that that went against what was been shown on TV. So I don't know. I'm still watching it though. Right. I'm I mean, just saying, I, I guess I do feel like it did jump in too quickly. Like you didn't get to know them before the drug game, really. You know what I'm saying? So it just kind of was like, all right, Meech was already in the life. And then the brother seemed to be on the straight and narrow, but then he veered that way. I don't know. I guess I get what you're saying. I think maybe if they would have rewound a little bit and, you know, you saw the innocent side of them first, then. Yeah, like two episodes when they were kids and then they flashed back and forth throughout the other episodes. But these niggas is already in meat coats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, but sidebar, the dude whose name escapes me, but the one who's basically trying to take over that came back from jail. He's British in real life. Yeah, he is. Oh my! These cats is taking over. Yes, he's good. I mean, it was crazy though. Like he was on a red carpet and he just started talking, and I was like, "Wait a minute, is that?" Let me find. Let me find out. Dubsy is his acting coach too. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck no! I can't. Fuck no! I've come around on BMF. I was really tough on it, um, and I'm still not. It's not nearly as good as Power or Raising Canaan or Snowfall. It's not. It's not. It's not on the, those tiers at all, but I do think that the show's improving for me. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if this first season was difficult for them because they, they had it in, in a certain place. I, I I don't know, but um, there's a lot of story to be told with the BMF story. And I just, I don't, I don't, with the way, the way things are going right now, it just feels like we're going to be in the eighties for a long time. And 
so much of the of the important part of the story doesn't happen then. So it's like I I don't I don't know. That may just be my own hangups on it, but uh I mean it it's 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 solid. It's solid. a lot of the performances I think are corny, but uh Meech's son has absolutely a future in this acting game. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I agree. Marky, you got anything to add? I just ordered the towel. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right, moving on to our last topic for today. This is something that we've been pushing back because we haven't all been together. I wanted us all to be together for this one. Um, hip-hop fashion. This is part one. We're going to go through the decades and mentioning some of our favorite parts of the hip-hop fashion over, over the course of each decade. We're starting in the 80s. Ooh, who wants, who wants to take this one away first? Yeah, give it to Bailey. I know he want to reference LL. Go okay. ahead. Go ahead, Bailey. Oh, hey, look. No, 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 nigga. I, I got... Man, I got the I polo. I, I'm sorry. I'm not going to say monkey. That's what Maybe I'm not going to say. Okay. Oh, shit. I, I can't say that. Call me Gorilla. You're going to go there. Go Gorilla. Silverback. Gorilla. Okay. All back. Say Gorilla. Okay. <laughs> uh, Lacoste. Lacoste. I'm putting on the Lacoste polo shirt. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Levi jeans, starched up, and Nike Cortez with a jerry curl. <laughs> And Ice Cube, word. Right. Jerry, no, that's Jerry, the West Coast edition. Jerry, Jerry <laughs> Curl, mm. Adidas soft shells, food. gold ropes, Kangos, and Adidas outfit sweatsuits. That's that's it. Nigga, for me. Nigga, you had a Billy Jean jacket. Stop lying, nigga. I was fucking four. I didn't have a Billy Jean jacket. You wanted a glove. Nigga, you your wanted pants, a glove your pants leg up. Huh? Bring your pants leg up. No, my <laughs> dad. Would, no, my dad would have beat my ass if I had a pants leg up, bro. Your black ass motherfucker. He's up. from the south side of Chicago, bro. Everything's gang related from the, like literally he everything. And he he has not broke to this day, he's still like that with some shit. Like me and my sister had on all like an all red sweatsuit one time. He was like, All right, what neighborhood y'all going when y'all got that on? I'm like, Dad, shut the fuck up. I'm 35 fucking years old, dude. <laughs> but you don't want to bury his young. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel it. I feel it. But yeah, yeah. I'll tell my son the same thing. No ropes chains for real. Like that was like Hell yeah, iconic. the dookie, like the dookie ropes. Yep, for sure, for sure. Angle. Mm-hmm. And I do it in Jerry curl. <laughs> no, have a, I mean, I had a Jerry curl. I'm not gonna lie. And Barry, they, you had a Jerry curl. Do you have pictures of this? And a, and a gap. Do, do you, do you have pictures of this? You had a gap. Can you can you send there, me a picture there. of that tonight, please? I'm gonna put it on the cover art for this episode, please. So, Mary, you, you, Mary, you had a Reebok sweatsuit? I definitely <laughs> did. Right, that just isn't nice. I'm not even laughing with y'all, for the record. No, because I had a sweatsuit, too. So, well, okay. So, for the record, I was born in the mid-'80s. So, like, yeah, I was, like, six. <laughs> like, in, but, yeah, like, the stonewash jeans for girls. I had a Miami Vice T-shirt. <laughs> I don't Bird. know. Yeah, Earth. kitten heels. My pink was real. Kitten bamboo earrings. Oh, the bamboos. The bamboos. in my hair. No, I'm kidding. I didn't have extensions. But the bamboo earrings were definitely a thing. And I still have some. <laughs> oh, shit. Hell no. And Did y'all take the pictures at the, in, in the Grand Rising chair? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's a family heirloom right there. You hand that down. <laughs> We're going to recognize where that shit came from. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, when we get to the 90s, it gets real because Brie would be dipped right now if I would have kept my stuff. Because sure the 90s are back hard body. The like, it's extremely word. hard. Like, yes. The Sherlin yes. is real, my nigga. Mark, yeah. he said he, Mark, he's texting me. He said he wore slouch socks. <laughs> I didn't know what those are. <laughs> 
know those are there. I would put that. I would put them in the Nobody group chat. Nobody had a Michael Jackson glove. We we have reached the point in the podcast in which Baylor is sleepy and it's going to get real. The dad jokes are going to flow. <laughs> Oh man! So what was what was the slang over there? Hey, because we used to we used to make fun of cats and all the time. We used to be like, "Yo, say, <laughs> yeah, what up, B? <laughs> B. What I mean, that's B? Queens. B. Queens was very much with the B and whatever. Fresh. I mean, y'all, y'all know y'all used to make fun of this. Party SH. Mark ass blaster. Yes. I mean, that that was later on. I mean, but a gangster party. Like, Porty. like that, we, you know. Party. And he, he, what over here? Uh, emphasis hey, on R's. Okay? Yes. What over here, dog? We say our R's. <laughs> <laughs> we over here, podcast, buster. Oh, man, that's so funny. That's so funny. Oh, when we do our first live show, we should have we should have a theme like that. We should pick a, pick a era and have a theme. Everybody dress. I'm definitely dressing up like an 80s drug lord. Yes, oh, yeah. Because that's what you That'll are. That'll be great. I'm gonna have a Gucci bag full of cocaine. It's gonna be sugar though. <laughs> <laughs> or, or flour. Uh Marquis, you get to go with the hip hop fashion because we need to close this down. Baylor Baylor is good. All right. All right. No, you know what? You the Pumas with the um fat fat laces. Fat laces? Yeah. Hell yeah, the fat like laces. Like Shallon yeah. Fantastic. Word. <laughs> Why Jerry Curl uh, yeah. so Well, wet? another thing, this is girls only, but banana clips. Those were huge in the eighties. I the West Coast banana clips are a little different. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Mark <laughs> as Buster. Weird. <laughs> All right, that's been no, another episode of the Breaks Radio. Go ahead and give Yo, me your son. social media. Yo, son, what's the mathematics <laughs> today, son? Go ahead, man. You know? My brother's son, because he's shining like one. I'm finna be both you bastards. Go ahead, man. Nah, for real, for real. We're having a coast slang war right now. <laughs> nigga, how about that? <laughs> you all lose. Well, that's somebody's old grandmama right oh, there. <laughs> that is hilarious. All right, Mary, go ahead, give me your social media. Let's get the hell up out of here. <laughs> okay, at Miss Mary Almonte on all social platforms at Young Urban Moms, and y'all better be following Rock the Bells by now you if you love me. Baylor. <laughs> at Baylorism on Twitter at my pussy is wet at Wu-Tang.com. Yay, yay. You with a Jerry Curl. Baylor definitely had the Jerry Curl at one point in time with the big, yeah, the big ass glasses with the tape in the gazelles. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, Baylor, did you? Never mind. I'll say that off air. Go ahead, Marquis. Give me your social media. Hell yeah, I had a Pedro Cuss. Boobless word. So, you know me. I don't, I don't, you ain't follow me at all. But, don't cancel Dave Chappelle. I mean, there's a lot of shit going down with that. There's no canceling Dave Chappelle because if you don't cancel Dave Chappelle, you can't you cancel somebody who doesn't give a fuck. You can't cancel Dave. Not Chappelle. even that. Oh, and did you hear they tried to cancel Michael Myers? No, I'm not joking. <laughs> what? We all just were like, oh. stab at it, ain't he? No, hey, for real. You seen the movie? He killed two people in there. You can follow me at CEO Hayes, CEO H A I Z E. You can follow the podcast yeah, at the Burks Radio. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. The Burks Radio We out this bitch. <laughs> Peace. Hey, hey, they tried to cancel my boy. This has been a presentation of the Breaks Radio.